Okay, so I was for sure going to have a fabulous intro for the new show with music and effects and a wonderful explanation of what the show is actually about. However, you know, we're still in talks. It's a long process. You know how it is. So don't worry. Once you finally hear the intro, you're going to love it. And it's going to be amazing. You're going to say, wow, it took 99 episodes to get here. But I'm so glad I waited. So in the meantime, get ready for So Good We Named It and More. Episode 2, featuring actress, singer, writer, Arnisha Walker. And me, Barrett, as the host, in case you forgot. Hello and welcome to the second episode of So Good We Named It and More. And today we have the very special guest, Arnisha Walker. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. I've been uh, trying to track you down for a while. I was like, I bet she has a website. I bet they have an email. I have. Uh, I was on the hunt. So I was excited to see that you uh, got it and that you responded. And mm-hmm. for those listening, you all know that I originally had a Golden Girls podcast, which is why I reached out to you initially because you're part of the golden verse being on nurses but now that i've transitioned into this i can just talk about what i want to talk about but for those that don't know they may not know your name but i bet they know your face and just a couple of things that you've been on mad about you nypd blue fresh prince malcolm and eddie just shoot me 227 amen just all the classics from that era you were gonna make sure you got your part on there and i'm not mad at that at all can you tell me a little bit about how you even got started in the industry well um i went to the high school of performing arts Mm. the fame school and um while i was uh, I think in the 11th grade, I got my first, I landed my first Broadway show. Um, it was called The Sign in Sidney Brewstein's Window. Mm-hmm. And um, then that lasted, I think we were open like three days. Oh, and um, then I got a part in Two Gentlemen of Verona, which was a big hit. And after that, um, I think I was in that like a year and a half, I graduated from uh, PA and I was like, well, do I want to go to college Mm -hmm. or do I want to, you know, keep on this track? So uh, I got, um, I think the next thing I got was The Wiz. I stood by for Stephanie Mills and The Wiz. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I started on on stage and then... um, after that, I went on to do Benitha because uh, Debbie Allen started the role, but then she got a television show out here. I don't remember, recall what that show was, but then I replaced her. I did that for a couple of years. Um, and then um, came out to LA and I was like, I like the palm trees, mm-hmm. I like the weather and um, couldn't really get a job because in Hollywood, you know, it's not very welcoming to strangers. You really gotta, you know, they gotta know your face. And so I um, got a job as a kid of the kingdom in Disney Disneyland. Oh. So um, I was doing that and then they gave me my own little group. And in the meanwhile, I was driving back and forth every day um and uh at night i would uh, sing in clubs Mm. and um one of my my first jobs was a greg's blue dot and um it was um you know it was a gay club and that audience was just so wonderful and welcoming to me Mm -hmm. um and uh, then I got Dream Girls, which took me wow. back to New York. Um, I they had already been, of course, Loretta Devine, Cheryl Lee Ralph, and Debbie Burrell mm-hmm. were the original Dream Girls. And um, Michael Bennett knew that he wanted to uh, start a, you know, start another production, uh, LA company. So um, he flew me to New York and he wasn't sure what role he wanted me to play. So I had to learn all, all oh, of wow. the roles. 
all three roles. And um, he gave me uh, Loretta Devine's role, Laurel. So I opened that in um, in LA with Jennifer Holliday. And uh, Lilius White was her understudy. And uh, Jennifer did it for, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, a few months. As a matter of fact, here's a story. Oh. Uh, so good we named it in more exclusive. <laughs> I was always telling, uh, asking Michael Bennett, can I understudy, can I understudy um, uh, Effie? And he's like, no, no, you're all wrong. You're all wrong. So um, when uh, we were in LA, uh, Lilius got, uh, who was Jennifer's understudy, she, um, uh, was invited to the Kennedy's uh, honor program. Mm -hmm. And so I think that Jennifer and Michael Bennett were kind of not getting along. So mm -hmm. Jennifer decided she wasn't going to um, come in that evening. And at that time, people were really coming to see Dream Girls to hear Jennifer holiday saying that I'm not going. Yeah. Um, but we all know that it's a, you know, it's an ensemble show. Mm -hmm. But at that time, it was all about Jennifer Holiday. So I remember around four o'clock one uh, day, uh, Michael Bennett calls me, I'm Isha. You know how you always wanted to play Effie? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, well, you're on tonight. Get over <laughs> to the theater. Wow. <laughs> nice notice. <laughs> right, nice notice. Um, fortunately, I knew the part. Um, and I remember standing in the wings that night. And you know how they make the announcement, uh, ladies and gentlemen, at this evening's performance, mm -hmm. the role of Effie will be played by Arnisha Walker. And everybody went, boo! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord, I'm not going out there. But I did. And to, you know, um, it just shows how um, well written the show was and how uh, wonderful that role of Effie was because by the time I sang, I'm not going, I had him, mm. you know. Uh, still to this day, I'm the only one to have played Effie, Laurel, and Dina. Wow. Only you could have done it all at once in one show. Now that would have been something. <laughs> that would have been something. Well, I see your Dream Girls poster back there. I thought that was Charlie's Angels. I was like, was she in Charlie's Angels? Oh, that's the that's the movie one. Oh, I have a huge one um, uh, from when we were in Paris mm. from the play. I was walking down the street and they were taking them down. They have these huge posters that light up from the back. And I remember walk, running up to the man and I said, what are you going to do with those? And they said, throw them away. I was like, please give me one. So I I have one and I had a special frame built for it. And it's, I think it's the only one in the world now. Wow. One of a kind. I do that too. So now I don't feel bad. When they had the first Golden Girls convention and we were on the panel at the end, I'm like, what are you going to do with this? You going to throw this out? Let me get that. And I just helped myself because, you know, this was something exciting. I wanted a piece of it. So if you can do it, it's certainly okay for me to take that little stuff. But um, I didn't even know that you were a singer until I stumbled across an episode, or well, the only episode, of Heart and Soul, if you remember doing that. Oh, my goodness! Back in the oh day. <laughs> and I was like, Which? I didn't know she sang. Yes, it's oh, on YouTube. Yeah. I have to send you a link. There is a YouTube channel that has all of the old black shows that nobody may have remembered or heard of or the unsold pilots. And I've just been having a good old time. And I saw it was you, Tisha Campbell, James Avery, um, uh, Morris Day. Morris Day. I was like, how did this not wasn't get picked Doris up? Doris Roberts on that too. It the, wasn't the Doris Roberts, Roberts, but it was a lady who looks familiar that played like a secretary type character. Yeah, it wasn't Doris. Okay. I don't remember her yeah, name. I kept telling Doris, um, yeah, I remember, remember Heart and Touch. She was like, I was never in that show. 
I remember seeing you on Everybody Loves Raymond. I binged it for the first time. I never watched it before. This summer, my husband was like, I don't want to hear nothing else about that. Because every episode, I'm like, let me tell you. And it's like 200 something of them. And you were at the Girl Scout meeting, if I recall. You were the, the right. nice parent. And I was like, is it her? Because you just pop up all the time because you've been in so much stuff. But... I mean, I guess, you know, if that show had got picked up, maybe we wouldn't have had Uncle Phil or Gina on Martin. But it's like, dang, you know, they didn't even give it a chance. Because if you're funny on the pilot, then just imagine, you know, what you can get later. And another show of yours I stumbled across, Singer and Sons. I was really mad when oh, I found that because wow. I'm like Esther Roll right. and Harold Gold, a.k.a. Miles from the Golden Girls. And that's right. That also, both of those roles, they had you in like the, um, how do we want to put this? The single woman that uh, everybody's trying to uh, to go out on a date with. I was like, I know that's right. Because in both shows, they were trying to get a piece. But um, do you have any memories from either of those? Um, well, yeah, I remember. Well, during that time, those were my vamp days. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, all of the roles were kind of... Uh, uh, you know, similar. Um, I think as as I got older, I uh, did roles that were more had more substance. I think, mm -hmm. but you know, I certainly appreciate you know everything that I've done. Um, yeah, who was that? Who was in that? Uh, singer and son, Bobby Hosea and Tommy Tommy Ford. Mm -hmm. From Martin. Yeah. Um, From Martin, but yeah. I, I like to consider myself an expert on TV. Like when I was in high school, I had these big encyclopedias because the internet wasn't really the same back then with every show that ever existed. And I'm studying it. So when I find shows on the Hidden Gems, because there's pretty much all shows featuring black cast, I'm always shocked. Like, how have I never heard of this? So it's nice to be able to discover stuff, but it also makes you a little sad because it's like, man, they could have gave this show a chance. But um, I noticed, and you mentioned, you know, those are your vamp days. I talked to uh, one of your TV daughters, Yvette Nicole Brown, years ago when I was oh, in college. Yeah. And she told me how she aged like 20 years over a five-year span in the industry. Because you went from the vamp roles and then the next couple things, now you're the mom. And then a few years after that, you're the grandma. I'm like, wait a minute, not that much time has passed. Was this by choice at all or just what they decided to give you? Well, you know what? It's... Yeah, I mean, definitely I'm not an ingenue anymore. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's funny, in Hollywood, once you're not that, you know, cute young thing, then it's the aunts, the mothers, the those roles. And um, right now, uh, I am uh, on a show called Bookie. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Chuck Lorre and Nick Bakai. It's uh, starring... Um... Um... Sebastian Maniscalco. And, I saw it on your IMDb. Yeah, you should. You should. It's on Max. So I don't know if you have Max. I'll get it if you're on there. <laughs> oh yeah, but I play. You know Omar Darcy, right? Omar Darcy. I'm sure I know his face. He was. Um, he was on Queen Sh Queen Sugar. Oh yes, yes, I know who you're uh, talking. Oh, about. I don't know what his name was. Um, but I play his grandmother now that's and out of i'm not that much older than him but you know <laughs> well you look the same to I'm me not playing but... myself I, you know but i guess that's you know that's what an actor does you know yeah. Yeah. well hopefully they at least gave you lots of aging makeup if they want you to play this man's grandmama hopefully well that's just it she didn't put any makeup on me at all <laughs> she put the stuff that makes my skin kind of wrinkle and i was like i mean you don't go on camera without makeup you know but i guess it worked um i do always tell my husband if i ever make a movie about my life i want anisha walker to play your mother he agrees you remind me so much of my mother-in-law so if the day ever comes get ready <laughs> for that <laughs> for that role um but you've been on some other things that most people may not have heard of. Um, this is just one episode, but the five Mrs. Buchanan's. I love that show as well, which was created by Mark Cherry, who worked on the Golden Girls. I'm curious, are you aware that you are part of this like 
obsessive fandom. We're like Trekkies in a way with the Golden Girls. And because of nurses being connected, you're in there as well. Did you know that? Are you aware? No, I didn't. But you know, a really good friend of mine is Stan Zimmerman, who was oh, one of the writers. On he Golden was on Girl. my podcast. Me and Stan go oh, way back. Stan, really good friend of mine. Yeah. So, and you know, he's, he does everything. Yes. I'm glad... I'm glad that, you know, you know him and, you know, you've connected with him because I was going to tell you. you yeah, know, he's, he's a nice guy. He's been yeah. real he's helpful. You know, I'll say, hey, can I send you this script? Tell me what you think. You know, he, he doesn't have to do that. So, you know, he's definitely one of the good ones, as they say. But when yeah. I was talking to the people over Golden Con, because he went both times and I did, you know, panels and stuff both times. I said, hey, you know, why don't you have like a little nurses section and see if you could reach out to Ardisha Walker? And he's like, oh, I wish I had thought of that. So did anybody ever reach out to you either time? No, you know, nobody ever. Um, that That's so funny. Um, I think it was just like after nurses, everybody just kind of went their own way. It's too bad. I thought nurses was a good show and I enjoyed doing it, but they kept changing mm -hmm. everything every season it was a different opening a different you know opening song uh we went from stephanie hodge and greg what was greg's last name the comedian greg altman to the next season i don't know it was lonnie anderson and you know david yeah, Rosh, definitely a know. lot of in and out i'm like, like well wait what's going you on you can't do that you gotta give people a chance to, you know, mm -hmm. it's too bad because here's another little thing. During my time in nurses uh, was when J Janet left Fresh Prince and mm. they were looking for uh, somebody oh. to replace her and they wanted me and nurses wouldn't let me. And at that time I was like, well, Heather Locklear is doing two and three shows at a time, but they wouldn't. Well, I'm getting know. all the inside scoops. You could have been unveiled yeah. 2.0. So let me ask you this before I get back to nurses and no shade to Daphne Maxwell Reed, but would oh, you have no, played, would you have yes. played Aunt Viv in a different way because when she took over it was kind of the stock sitcom mom just kind of here to you know support the dad but when Janet Huber did it uh, Aunt Viv was kicking ass and taking names what would your spin have have uh, been on Aunt probably Viv? a bit more and probably somewhere between Daphne and um and uh Janet um I, I definitely, my characters definitely have an edge or an attitude. They do. <laughs> That's what they like to see. But um, yeah, Janet was really strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I did. I did some stage with her before we came out to um, LA. Oh, she she was incredibly talented. Mm -hmm. She sings acts and dance, triple threat. Remember, I don't know. Did you see the episode where Aunt Viv? takes the aerobics oh, class. Oh, yes, the classic. She was tearing oh, it up. God. Yeah, Janet was... I, I, I wasn't on the inside of that. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. Well, when um, I saw the reunion, they went over all of that and she, you know, finally got her vindication because, you know, they made it seem like it was her being a diva. But Will finally was like, yeah, I was a kid and I was doing too much. So ever since that, now I see her popping up again since I guess she's not, you know, blacklisted. So I'm glad she got to, you know, prove it was not her. <laughs> um, but that would have been very interesting. to do that a lot because mm -hmm. uh, I have heard, I, I mean, I haven't talked to Janet personally about that, but... At the time when that show came out, um, she was under the impression that it was her show. Mm. You know what I mean? They kind of did that to me with uh, Singer and Sons. Brought me and we want to build this show around you. And then it became about the brothers. Wow. You know? And I had to say, well, you know... Yeah, I'm seeing a, a pattern blah, blah, here. Blah, 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 blah. And then, um, you know, my agents and stuff, the powers have been, you don't do that. You don't do it. It was like, oh, no. What you, there, you don't do that in the sense of you don't go to the producer and, and tell the producer what you think. Oh, that's I'm what like, I would do. You know what? <laughs> I am who I am. Um, so as a matter of fact, I 
learn to say no a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just not worth it to sacrifice your integrity mm-hmm. and just who you are, you know? Jack A once told me, Anisha, people are saying you don't want to work. And it's like, no, it's not that I don't want to work, but I don't want to just do anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're not going to have me just do anything and you're not going to treat me just any kind of way. You and know, that's the problem. Um, A lot of people, they don't care as long as I'm on TV or in this movie, do what you want. And that might get you that, you know, quick money or that quick spotlight, but that's not going to give you the longevity in the end. It's not going to give you the longevity and it's not going to give you the happy. I mean, look at Taraji, you, you know, mm-hmm. all of the, the body of work that that woman has done. And she's she's wonderful, I think. And she's like every time I'm always starting at the beginning because people don't know. But how it's supposed to work is that you know, your quote goes up Mm -hmm. each time you have, you know, a success. And um, Taraji's a leading lady. Yeah. You know, she she shouldn't be starting at the beginning every time. Exactly. Any industry you're in, you expect to get more money the next time. So it makes sense to me. You and make more money. I feel like, you know, this is just something, unfortunately, you see a lot more with black women. And you mentioning, you know, with you and Janet Huber, that makes me think of Joe Marie Payton. Family Matters was her show that was spun off of Perfect Strangers. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she taking a back seat to Urkel. And she left in like the last 10 episodes. I mean, I'm surprised she stayed that long. I'm sure it was okay, but I would be a little mad. Like, wait a minute, it's my show. So, you know, they just continue to do that. You know, the black woman is the most disrespected person, um, they say, and that expands to Hollywood, obviously. Um, is that, is any of this have to do with the big gap you kind of took in being on TV? Was that by choice? Oh, no, I got married and I had a son. We had a son mm-hmm. and, um, I stepped, you know, I stepped out of the business and raised my son. I was just very selective during that time of what I did because I didn't want to be away from him. Um, I did do, uh, you didn't mention the big house. Oh, I'm getting to that because that's when I first discovered or, you know, found you because I really liked that show. I only had, I think, six episodes that aired, but that was my show. And then it just was gone. But um, when you worked on that, did you have a feeling that Kevin Hart was going to blow up just from that little bit of time? Kevin was wonderful. It was it was very different. It's it's kind of like he came out the gate um, on that show. That was his first show. Nobody had really heard of him. He was uh, a producer on that show. I think he was one of the executive producers. I mean, that's almost unheard. And nice guy. Here's a little uh, insider thing. We, okay, from that, those six episodes, we had gotten picked up for for a full season. And you know how you go to the upfronts? You know what the upfronts are? Yes. They were in New York. So that was, I think it was like May or June or something where they present the new shows that are coming out. So we were all there. Um, This was the particular night we were supposed to go to the, you know, ceremony and be announced. And I was in the hotel having dinner and Kevin came up to me and said, uh, uh, Nish, we're not, we're, we're not being picked up. And I was like, Kevin, stop joking what are you talking about he was like we're not being picked up i was just told we're not i was like are you serious and then i realized he was serious they had taken they had brought us all to new york and put us up we were in some really fancy hotel and um they decided at the last minute and we were the only black show they had decided at the last minute to change their minds and they gave it to another show that was an all white cast. And they didn't even, if they lasted a season, that was, 
But you know, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. um, did I think Kevin would blow up like he is? Um, I'm not surprised. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised with his, his drive and, um, you know, he's a nice person and, uh, I'm really happy for him. Yeah. yeah. He's, I feel like soul plane, big house. And then he's everywhere. I look right after that. You yeah, just, he's like everywhere, um, everywhere. But yeah, yeah that was. I, like you said, it was only black show. So of course I'm going to gravitate automatically to the black shows. And then I recognized you. I think I recognized you from living single, but didn't know where I recognized you from at the time. And then Who of course, the um, living single? you were um, married to professor Ogilvy. He was the pastor oh, yeah. <laughs> when uh, Sinclair and Overton needed the marriage counseling. So I didn't put two and two together. But I'm like, I know her from somewhere. And then I knew of that Nicole Brown from, a couple of guest spots that she had done like on girlfriends and half and half and of course i knew Faison from like i think the parenthood so whenever i see people i know i'm automatically going to want to watch the show and then i look up you know and it's gone but that is you know one of because you right before that your kids on tv were little kids now your kids are adults again with the rapid yeah, like aging Faison. Faison, <laughs> i'm like wow because i know yvette is at least 50. so i'm like they're they really age y'all up quick on it and pastor greenleaf uh i forget his real name uh, um oh, he keith, was your husband keith david keith so david. a lot of heavy hitters on that one and that yeah. was that was like 2004, I think. You're good. It sure was. I'm just was obsessed mm -hmm. with TV. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was part of the shift of you becoming the hardworking mom and wife. Um, you know, uh, did Annie have a husband on Nurses? Annie had a husband. We just didn't but see him. Maybe? We never <laughs> saw Annie's husband. Um, that's so funny. I was really trying to get, at that point, um, I was, I was trying to get stories about Annie's life and here's another little tidbit oh. <laughs> after Stephanie Hodge left, the producers came to me and said, next season, we're going to really concentrate on your character um on annie mm -hmm. and you know we're going to go into annie's home like so we had kind of talked about that and that was the um summer that uh lonnie anderson and bert um who she married to bert, bert reynolds, reynolds were having that big you know they were in the tabloids mm -hmm. and so i guess they had this bright idea of well lonnie anderson's real hot right now so we'll bring her in and so the um the uh plans that they had to um explore annie's uh home life uh and annie's story that just kind of got scuttled and mixed up with you know well, that's a shame. I haven't seen a lot of nurses. That is hard to find. And the, what you can find is very poor video quality. And yeah. when it first aired, I was like five. So, you know, I didn't watch it at the time. But from, you know, what people in the Golden Girls fandom, in our opinion, it's considered your show. Like, we feel like you're the Dorothy and that they were kind of trying to model it after Golden Girls with the four women and then kind of veered off. I think personally, had yeah, they, they stuck with that, that that would have worked better. Even though I know it was billed as Stephanie's show, you know, when people talk about it, they mainly talk about you as being, you know, kind of the focus. Maybe because you're one of the few people that lasted throughout the whole three years. But did you feel a part of like the the universe with all the crossovers with Empty Nest and Golden Girls? Or did you feel like you were still your own entity off to the side? Oh, no, I felt like I felt very much the anchor, mm -hmm. y y you know, Um I I felt that the Annie character every yeah she was she was consistent. Everybody else was coming and going and moving around her, but you know as well as being the only black character mm -hmm. on the show in a in a hospital, only one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, but, I guess Miami wasn't you know. that diverse back then, but um, yeah, Annie did stay the same. Only thing that changed was her hairdos. Everything else was <laughs> <That's right. laughs> pretty consistent. 
did you feel like nurses as a whole was part of this like Golden Girls emptiness thing or you still felt like, yeah, we're still kind of in our own genre? No, we were definitely uh, um, part of the Whit Thomas mm -hmm. uh, family. Um, we did have a few crossovers. I think uh, did, I think Betty White, who was wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, I think she crossed over. She did a performance or two, an episode or two, and then um, the who who played who starred in that the Rue McClinahan played the doctor. Oh, uh, Harry Weston, um, Richard yeah. Mulligan. Yeah, because right. we were in the same hospital, weren't you? Yeah, we were in the same hospital. So I think he did a, a couple of uh, episodes, or at, at least one. I know they had the big events like the hurricane night, the full moon madness, and right. all of that. And I know, especially when Estelle Getty joined Empty Nest, she was really, you know, over there. I know they did the Lamaze, her and, and Carol. So they, they made a way to, to fit people in. I don't recall B. Arthur ever being on Nurses. No, um, she was never. But she I, was I know never the other ones nurses. did. And for them to get to three seasons, they could have gave you one more and a little more closure. Well, that's why you don't see it. The reason you don't see it is we did, I think you have to do, to go into syndication, I think you need a hundred episodes. Yeah, typically, uh, yeah, that's what they up, want. I think it's the hundred episodes. We were just under. We were just under. So we didn't have enough episodes to go into syndication. And for a while, every once in a while, it'll be up on um, on, on YouTube or something. Mm -hmm. But then they take it down real quick. Because yeah. it was up on YouTube for, for a minute. I think it still is. It's just there's such bad quality. I know somebody that like found them somewhere and downloaded all of the nurses episodes and is like super into it. And I think I me, mean, yeah, even though it's not the syndication, I'm just shocked it's not even online more. Like Heart and Soul, somebody found a good quality of that from '89, one episode, but they can't find you know nurses. And Lifetime, for instance, you know they had the Golden Palace when the Golden Girls ended. They aired that. Lifetime could have added nurses, especially with the, the female cast and the Golden Girls connection, you know, but nobody consulted me um, at the time. Well, I wish they had. But, if, but you, you make a good point. I don't I don't know why that is, that is such so a odd. mystery because everything else is so accessible. But that um, I don't know why. But hopefully, you know, they'll put it on DVD or something one day, maybe. But if they, we don't know yet about another Golden Con. I haven't been contacted. People keep asking me. I said, I'm just a host, a panelist. I'm not in charge. But if they had another one and they invited you to come talk about nurses, would you be down? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, okay. I would. Well, absolutely. I will, I will I'm glad to know that there's still people out there that remember us. But here's one you probably don't didn't come across. You remember Baghdad Cafe? With Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, I was in the first episode. Oh, I did not remember and that. And I, it was a very small part. I was Alice. She caught me uh, in, not in bed. Yeah, she caught me in bed. And mm -hmm. Cleavon, uh, let, what was it? Cleavon Little, mm -hmm. who played her husband, was in there with me. And I jump out the window, scantily dressed. Another vamp role? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sent me that, somebody told me, you know, sent me that the other day saying, yeah, I found this, um, I think it was on YouTube, but it's mm. a Baghdad Cafe, the very first episode. Wow. Are you ever just flipping channels or walking through a room and you just pop up and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot oh, yeah. I did that. All the time. Or people call me and say, yeah, I just saw you on television. I was like, oh, okay, there's a... Mm -hmm. Well, I hope it wasn't on streaming because that'll be like six cents. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I um I know it's way way worse now. Um, but even in the eighties and nineties, the way they don't give shows a chance, like it seems a lot more of the black shows because Seinfeld and Cheers were not hits for like three years. How do you feel about that? Like they just want the first episode to get thirty million views, and you can't even build on that. Well, of course, that's that's like crazy. I mean, Seinfeld didn't come out the gate being a hit, mm -hmm. like you said, you know. Um, but we're 
we're still trail we're still blazing that trail you know it's it's kind of like we in every other field how we have to com compete um i remember and i i appreciate just think like lena horn and juanita moore and dorothy dandridge and Earth the Kit, those ladies didn't really get their due. They didn't get the roles that they should have, but it was because they did what they did that I was even able to, you know, do what I did. And the, the you know, the, the artists now that are, so we all kind of, come up and stand on each other's shoulders. I remember going to an audition. I must have been, I'm going to say in my late 20s, early 30s. And there's Juanita Moore. You know who Juanita Moore is? She played, remember Invitation of Life? Yes. With Lana Turner? She played Annie, the, the maid. Yeah, I, did I remember going to an audition and she and I are auditioning for the same role. How is that possible? Mm. How is that possible? It was just like, you know, okay, being black, you're all a black female, one category. It doesn't matter the age, the, the, you know what I mean? I was just, but I... Sat, I was delighted. I sat at that woman's feet and uh -huh. and talked to her and listened. She was very gracious, you know. But yeah, I think that doesn't get discussed a lot. Um, I have a good friends that have a web series. They live in LA. Every day they tell me when you coming out here. I say, hey, I will leave today, but my husband wants a little more time. But they have a web series that I helped edit called The Blackter because he's a working actor. And it's interesting to put that extra layer on top of not just being a working actor, but being a black working actor and the type of roles you're going to get offered, how they want you to play the role because you're black. And it's like, it's hard enough to be in the industry as it is, but you got to add that. And then for you, add being a woman. And then the older you get, you're an older woman. It's like, they just, you know, all these things coming at you. You just want to do what you love. And you got all these barriers. Has that ever deterred you at all? Or has that made you want to do work harder? Well, you know, I've been blessed to have, I have a wonderful agent, Mark Scroggs, and he, he really doesn't, he's white, but he really doesn't, I, I'm not going to say see color, but he doesn't let that deter him. He always was into what I called creative casting. Um, I did, and you could probably find it on Hulu. I did an episode of um, Quantum Leap uh -huh. years ago. And I think that episode was uh, entitled uh, Disco Inferno. Uh -huh. And um, they wanted a sexy uh, woman to, and, it, and she was gonna kiss Scott Bakula. They were gonna kiss. Uh -huh. So I walk into the audition and I'm the only black person in there. <laughs> I called my agent. I said, Mark, did you send me on the right audition? There's no black people here. Uh -huh. And he says, I know where I just go in and do your thing. And I got the part. I got the part. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's uh, a lot of times I, uh, I don't know, you know, everybody has their own path. Um, I've done a lot of roles that were, weren't necessarily black, black roles. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I remember talking to um, a very uh, famous, he's married to director. He was married to uh, Diane Sawyer. He's, he's gone now. But I remember um, going to, you know, going up for the role and he tells me, you know, that was a really good audition, but you're too pretty. Oh. 
I said, what? <laughs> well, you're too pretty. And he ended up hiring CCH Pounder for the role, which CC, one of my, you know, favorite actresses. Same. But I mean, I, I I sat down and I talked to that man for like a half an hour and I'm like, how, how can, why are you saying that? Because white actresses are allowed to be pretty. It's not what you look like. It's what right. you can do. You know, look at Nicole Kidman in Monster. <laughs> so she yeah. uh, did what she had yeah. to do. So I just, um, I mean, I, I started that to say, I found myself when I was younger, having a hard time being seen for, um, or, or landing the roles that were in black productions like um like the color purple i'm talking about the original one mm -hmm. or um uh, uptown in harlem or uh, you know what i mean the, yeah, they want that no, certain uh, look well i think they thought i don't know if it was even a certain look i at that time i was doing a i did a lot of um if okay this is the best way I can say it. If they were going to hire a black person, you know, if there was like one, a black role mm. that they'd hire me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know what that was, but then it was like, I wasn't. I get what you're saying. It's hard to verbalize. Um, my, this is my interpretation. Like for me, for a lot of people, I'm the safe black. <laughs> so that, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like yes. okay, well, we gotta have somebody black. You're the one. But if it's a black thing, then you know you're not the right type of black, or you know whatever. Right. Um, so I, I right. feel you on that, which is crazy because at the end of the day, we're still black. You know. Um, right. Exactly. It's our and and it, it would bother me for the longest time. And then I said, you know what? Mm, I just am who I am, and. Um, as I grew spiritually, I just know that what is for me is for me. Nobody can keep it from me. And you just do the task that's before you, whatever that is. And sometimes it is in showbiz. Like when motherhood came along, that was the task that was before me. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm going back. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why um, I told my husband, I was like, I can't cut my hair because it's like past my shoulders. Now I've never grown my hair out before. I was like, when we moved to L.A., I need to be able to play the Indian guy, the Dominican guy, the Mexican, whatever else. Because they're going to say, yes. oh, he's lighter skinned with long hair. I wonder what he is. So I'm like, hey, I got to make it work for my you know advantage because I'm always being asked in my black. I think I look black. I don't know what black people look like, but I'm always <laughs> getting interrogated. And it's like they don't believe me. Even when I'm like, no, I'm not mixed. Yes, you are. You're such a liar. Who would lie about that? <laughs> so um, I don't know, but you got to make it work the way you can, I, I suppose. Back to um, one black show you didn't get to do, Living Single. I know you don't maybe remember a whole lot about the role. It was two episodes, but from your time where you think, ooh, this is going to be like a cultural, you know, iconic show that people are going to talk about for 30 years. Or did it seem just, you know, oh, another good, funny show? Another good, funny show. Because sometimes you don't know when you're in it, like how it's being viewed and whatnot. You're just enjoying being in it. It was just a guest, too. Yeah, it was only you two episodes. You're like um, in and out. So and maybe in, you didn't you get the I mean? same same vibe. But the role that you had, I, I was thinking about this watching a clip. You were the pastor's wife. Black shows, they always go to church. White shows, they, they're not going to church unless it's like that's the point of the episode, the fact that they don't go to church. <laughs> um, so you mentioned right, their spirituality. Yeah, um, but that was like a common thing that they were going to church regularly. They were getting married, so they wanted your advice as the pastor's wife and the pastor and, you know, that type of thing. Would you, you know, is that something you would want to do more of since you said, you know, you got into your spirituality as roles with a little more of a, you know, religious tilt? Well, I always, I have always, always, always wanted to do work that had a positive impact upon others um i'm an actor so not preachy but you really, know in that yeah. setting maybe i mean it depends it, i i look at each character as it comes mm -hmm. you know but i 
there's definitely some stuff I won't do, you know, as a, as a matter of fact, um, there was a point, you know, when I was raising my son, I wasn't like, I was teaching and directing little kids in mm -hmm. musical theater. And um, there was a role that came up, uh, Weeds. Mm. You remember that show, Weeds? Yes. And, and um, I think, you know, this was a, a housewife or something that sold drugs or what. I mean, I don't remember it too clearly. But I told my agent, I said, I, I can't do this. Well, what do you mean? This is, you know, this is the next hot thing. I was like, yeah, but I'm teaching little kids. That's that integrity like that. part again. That doesn't mean I can never, you know, but at that point, no, no. I, how how can I be telling, you know, them to be the best you can be and then they can turn on TV <laughs> and see, see Miss Nisha, you know, I don't know. And it wasn't even legal back then. So drugs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, I... So signed up for this thing they're looking for extras and there was a box asking would you do nudity i'm like i might want for president one day i have an image to uphold absolutely not and i need to go to the gym anyway but um but that never goes away you know? exactly I, I did do a little in uh scenes from the class struggle in beverly hills did a little nudity and then one day uh years later i'm on my computer and there's a scene from it on a, a, I don't know how it even popped up on a, um, a sex site. I was like, oh my God. But nowadays they just, it's like anything goes there. Pretty much. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially my yeah, generation. It's like nominated stuff is nominated for awards. That's how you get an award. You got to either be, a, at least as a, a black person, you got to be a, a crackhead, abusive, naked, you know, one of those a lot of times or be in a period piece where you're struggling um, unfortunately, that's the only time they want to nominate and give awards uh, for us. But is there like anything specific that you're like, this is my ideal role. If I had this job, I would just be set. I don't know about an ideal role, but you, you know, I write too. So there's some things I want to write more stuff about characters that just happen to be black. As a matter of fact, and I have, you know, no skin in the game. Have you seen um, American Fiction yet? I have not seen it yet, but I feel like I need to. <laughs> See it. See it. it it's just, a, it's about a person that just happened to be black, you know? And all of these pe the people around, yeah. Um, so I think if, if anything, I would like to do roles that, you know, people look at and go, oh, they're not, or she's not any different than I am because basically we are the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, culturally we have little differences, but as people, as human beings, you got your terrible ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying everybody is, you know, kumbaya, but basically most people want the same things. You know, they want to be happy. They want their kids to do better than them. They want, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, shows so, like that are hard to come by. I don't know if you ever saw, you know, you blink and you miss it, but NBC had a sitcom called Grand Crew with an all-black cast, and that was one of the first shows that I felt like they just happened to be black. It was a, just a group of friends. It was not, let me have every episode be about racism and this and that. Not that there's not a place for shows like Blackish and Different World, but sometimes we just want to laugh without, you know, the 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 message sometimes. And I don't, wouldn't call myself a writer, but I do like to write. And that is something mm -hmm. I've been thinking about is like, how can I write something from my perspective that isn't necessarily blackity black, 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 but you still know that we are black people. And, you know, I feel like the best for me would just be to write about my own experiences. But Absolutely. that is something that's lacking. And as I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, a lot of the networks, they start out with all the black shows like Fox uh, the WB, UPN, and then once they bring in that audience, 
adios and then they bring in the white shows so there's you know far less black shows now that were supposed to be so progressive than there were years ago and i don't know if that's gonna turn around at any point i know um isa ray had a recent interview where she said we're just gonna have to start making everything ourselves because if we're waiting on them if we get it it's gonna be canceled right away because they don't want to see our stories and seems like you know you agree as someone who would know way better than me that unfortunately um that is the case right now but you know that's why i just try to not that you know this is like entertainment tonight or anything but make a platform for those people because for me the actresses that i love the most are the black actresses in you know your age bracket like you know jennifer lewis Loretta Devine, CCH, Telma Hopkins, of course. Um, Telma, yeah. Like, that is my girl. She doesn't know it, but <laughs> she is. Like, all of them, Have you all have been on our TVs for 30-plus years. Everyone knows you, but you're not getting the awards you should be getting. You're not getting the magazine covers. But at the same time, I'm sure you like being able to go to the grocery store and not being mobbed by the TMZ. Oh, I do. Um, but it's just like, why are you all not getting that same recognition as your white peers? Why don't you have your own show? Not to say you, maybe you don't even want that, but why Why is that not happening? Why are you all still, like if I you know, did, why could right. I see what you mean. It's yeah. just ridiculous to me, the, you know, not not that there's anything wrong with Tubi, but why is that the most that a lot of these black actors and actresses can get, you know, Tubi or Redbox movies, you know, because the quality is not there, but that's the work that they can get. And it's not as if you're doing it because it's the lack of talent. So that just always upsets me for some reason. Hopefully I'll win the mega millions and I'll just make my own studio and all y'all going to be in everything. But, you know, I got to win first. Um, but even like uh, I interviewed Allison Faust, who did Act Your Age, which I loved. And that got canceled despite being Bounce's number one show in years. Like the view, um, the views that they had and no shade to the other shows. But, you know, you close the door, the whole set shakes. But Act Your Age, it looked good. The clothes, the hair, everything. And still it's like, oh, you did a great job. Everybody loves it. But we're still going to go ahead and cancel. It's like you just cannot win. And those were three actresses that had never had leading roles like that where they're not the wife, the friend, the sister. And they couldn't even give them another chance. Hopefully when they go on Netflix, maybe Netflix will pick it up. But it's just an uh, underserved uh, community. And people always say women aren't funny. To me, the funniest people are women, um, personally. You know, we got enough old white men in late night and all that. You know, uh, Monique's show didn't last that she had. Um, Wanda Sykes had a late night show that didn't last. And I don't understand. Do you think it's just the racism, the misogyny? Is there something else? Like, why are you all not getting what you should be getting? I think, well, I mean, the powers that look at the, the who's in the, the, um, place of the the powers that make the decisions they're not us unless you're like tyler perry or oprah winfrey and mm -hmm. have your but i think that's like two i can name that have it's really just tyler perry and oprah that you know are able yeah. to make things he doesn't yeah. like you know everything that he makes is not the caliber that you know it could be but at the same time at least he's making something you know? <laughs> he's got 85 shows and back-to-back -back movies and he's putting the people that you know i'm talking about he's putting them in his stuff because right. you know it's... that's who deserves it like when chris rock did everybody hates chris he's putting the actresses and actors from you know yesteryear that maybe hadn't had the work and the same thing with um Family Reunion on Netflix, you know, we're seeing people we hadn't seen in forever, like Mark Curry was on there. I hadn't seen him since Hang With Mr. Cooper. And it's like, why are we not giving these people the roles? What is the problem here? Um, there's room for new talent, of course. And, you know, Quinta, that's who I want to be when I grow up. Um, you know, yeah. she's definitely somebody that is giving the flowers. But why did Shirley Ralph just now get an Emmy, you know? Um, and then... Overall, what, Jack A., Quinta, Shirley Ralph, and um, Isabel Sanford, the only black women to get comedy Emmys that I can think of. Um, mm -hmm. And that is just crazy. All the hilarious, you know, shows, like Girlfriends, they didn't even get invited to the Emmys, let alone get nominations. <laughs> so 
I don't know what that disconnect is. I hope that one day there's like a switch that goes off and people say, hey, here's a demographic that we're not, you know, getting because unless you get to be, you know, the judge on something. I saw you were a judge once the 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 stock on the Steve Harvey show, the stock uh, <laughs> role for black women on TV, the judge or the therapist or something like that. Um, or maybe if you get like a CSI type show that runs for 15 years, but it shouldn't have to be those fleeting, you know, little things. Because I'm sure when you go to an audition, you're probably seeing a lot of same people every time. <laughs> and, you know, there should be enough for everyone. But I don't make those decisions yet. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree um, with you. There's enough for everyone. Um, but I also agree with uh, Issa Rae, you said, said mm -hmm. that. We have to. And, and that's what uh, Ava DuVernay is doing. She's like doing her own Thing. You know, mm -hmm. I haven't seen Origins yet. I want to see it. But I saw an interview with her and she was like, yeah, well, they didn't want me to make this. And they're constantly, you know, putting up roadblocks. And you think uh, with her body of work and, you know, her being associated with Oprah and, you know, but still, yeah. But she's out there, um, you know, knocking down walls and. And that's what we have to keep doing. I mean, the the women from my, and I don't want to date myself, but it's true, <laughs> my era. I mean, we laid a certain groundwork for the the women today to, you know, we've kind of mm -hmm. like passed the baton so that they can take it a little further. And then, you know, maybe soon, will have you know studio heads that are making of color that are making the decisions you know for to open the door for more people of color not just black people so if you think it's just black try being you know hispanic mm -hmm. or middle eastern or you know they really aren't getting the representation yeah. But, you know, at the very least, they can give Marla Gibbs her honorary Emmy. At the very least, oh, they can do yeah. that because yeah. now that is criminal. But I, you know, every time I interview somebody, I always I'm like, OK, well, if I ever get the opportunity, I have a lot of people I say I'm going to be hiring. But, but I just, you know, all right, we're going to hold you to Exactly. <laughs> this is legally binding. But like those, if I ever got the opportunity, those are the people I want, like the writers, the producers, the people that know what they're doing. I don't want somebody off TikTok. I want somebody that knows what they have going on. And I've really been struggling to get my writing together lately because i can sit down and just write something but i want it to be good and uh sean schweppes uh when i interviewed her i felt like she was gonna beat me up she's like if you come to la and you don't have a outline you know we'll have a problem so i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm really gonna try but um i went on a walk yesterday and i thought of this because what we were talking about and i was like what is something that you just have not seen black people do on tv you know, you see us at work, you see us, you know, married or whatever. And I was like, there's not been a church show other than Amen and Good News on UPN that had like 20 episodes. So I was like, hmm, maybe that's something. Not that I'm the most religious person, but maybe that should be what I'm writing about. Because I've been struggling with the setting more so than the characters. So I feel like mm -hmm. talking to you and you kind of bringing that up, maybe that was my sign that I need to try to write something like that perhaps because you know good news um not good news amen that's not streaming that's not on DV dvd and that's another classic which i believe you did a guest spot on as well um and maybe that's something because i'm like i don't know what i want to do i don't have writer's block i just have too many ideas so if you ever decide to host like a writing workshop online or something let me know so i can sign up um, yeah. So I can get those get those tips and whatnot. Or even you know, be writing partners. Just you know, come up with ideas and yeah. Okay, I'd be down for that. Well, I will be glad to send you what I have because I don't know if people are just gassing me up, but <laughs> whenever I do write something. Um, like I wrote a skit for Golden Kind and people were like, oh my God, that's so good. I was like, really? Was it? But, you know, maybe I just don't see it because I wrote it. But I I do feel like I'm on the cusp of something. I've had a lot of weird shifts in my life lately that are pushing me further to L.A., which is fine with me. And I don't need to I don't have a desire to be uh, a list celebrity because like you, I want to go to the grocery store. I just want to do what I enjoy and to give the people that 
deserve it, you know, like Quinta did. She's like, I want Shirley Ralph. Like, that's what I want to do is to give the recognition to the people that deserve it. And I get mine on the back end later. <laughs> so um, I would definitely, if you ever feel so inclined, uh, put you on that long list of people <laughs> um, that I would be honored to have. And if you have Telma Hopkins number, you can text her and tell her she can do it too. Uh, okay. But, but thank you um, for joining me and letting me fan out on you. I don't know if you get people running up to you like that. Say, oh my God, it's you. But I'll be that one person as I am obsessed <laughs> with all things black TV and TV in general. So I was so excited to see that you responded. And I do uh, definitely appreciate that. And anytime you want to come back, you have an open invitation. All righty then. Okay. All right. Well, it was wonderful chatting with you and meeting you and, you know, yeah, let's, let's see what you got. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'll be in touch so you can play my mother. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to So Good We Named It and More, part of the So Good We Named It Network. And be sure to catch the So Good We Named It Golden Girls and Golden Palace podcast as well. All 77 episodes now streaming. And don't forget to follow at So Good We Named It on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Tune in next time for more So Good We Named It and more.